Uh, Numbers chapter 14 tonight. Uh, Numbers chapter 14. Uh, I'm going to give you something that's on my heart, been on my heart for a little while. And uh, uh, it may be a blessing to you to help you. Numbers chapter 14, uh, looking at Bible principles and averages tonight. In, in chapter 13, the prior chapter, the 14, uh, we all know what happens. Moses uh, calls out 12 men, one from each tribe. He calls them out. And he sends them to spy out the land of Canaan. And you know the story. I don't have to tell you. They're on the verge, they're on the cusp of just getting into the land that God has promised them. But before they do that, before they go, they go and spy out the land. They've taken a survey of the land that God has given them. And He sends these 12 men. And you know what happens. Ten of them came back and said, uh... There, there's no way, there's no way that we can go down there. there are, we're, we're, we're grasshoppers in their eyes. There are giants down there. We, we can't go that. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what God said. It doesn't matter what Moses said. We're scared to death. And there's absolutely no way we can take it. So 10 out of the 12 come back and said, hey, we can't do that. But watch in verse number uh, 6 in ver chapter number 14. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. They, they was two of the twelve people that went with them. They, they, they went to land with them to spy them out to see what's going on. And, and when they came back, they rent their clothes. When they hear these, 12, these ten men said, hey, we can't do what God said to do. So they rent their clothes. And they spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through the search, it is an exceedingly good land. It's a good land. Hey, we need to go. God said we can go. God said we can take it. We need to go. And they spoke unto the company, saying that. We can do that. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only re rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Hey, hey, you talk about breakfast of champions. You're bread for us. They, they, they don't matter. He said for us, their, their defense is, they uh, departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Turn to Luke chapter 17. Give me any Bible principles tonight. Luke chapter 17. I want you to see these averages we're trying to build on. We just saw the principle of uh, 12, spy, 12 spies go into the land, and only two of the 12 said we could take it. So 10 out of 
two out of ten said no, uh, yes, but ten out of twelve said no, we can't do it. So uh, verse number 12 of chapter 17 of uh, Luke. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show thyself unto the priest. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them turned back. One of them saw uh, that he was been cleansed. One of them turned back. He saw that he was healed and turned back with a loud voice glorifying God. And he fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered him said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are all the nine? They are not found. They returned. They were not found that returned to give glory to God save this stranger. You see what this text principle is. We've got 10 out of 12 that said we could not do it. We can't, now we've got 9 out of 10 that does not give glory to God, that don't give glory to God. 12 out of 10 said we, we can't do it. And nine, 10, 9 out of 10 that got cleansed, only one came back to give God the thanks. Amen. So we see what we're building on. We're looking at it. Just seeing this thing. Look at chapter 19 of Luke. Chapter 19. I'm trying to build something for you tonight. I want you to notice all of these. Luke chapter 19, verse number 12. He said, Therefore a certain nobleman went into a far country, received for himself a kingdom, and returned. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. And he calls these ten servants and he calls them back. He said, Occupy. He gives them ten pounds, ten gifts. What he's talking about. In verse 16, Then then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound have gained ten pounds. In other words, he says, what you gave me, I went out and, and, and got more. I got more. Verse number 18. And the second came saying, Lord, thy pound have gained five pounds. This guy went out and got more. and got more of what he did. He got more. And then verse number 20. We find this <laughs> And another, and, and another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound. The pound that you gave me, which I kept hid in a napkin. I find it amazing with this story that he first it said he called ten to give them a pound. But here we find he only goes back three, the three that still had anything left of the ten. So we see the Bible principles, three out of ten here. We saw uh, uh, two out of twelve. We saw one out of nine. Now we're seeing three out of ten. Now you don't have to turn there. 
But in Mark chapter 14 uh, and verse 32 and 33, this is where Jesus takes his apostles with him. Uh, Judas is out to, about to betray him, uh, and, and he takes the 11 apostles with him, his disciples with him, and they go to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And the Bible said uh, that he gets three of them, Peter, James, and John, that's the inner circle, to go a little further with him to pray with him. You say, what's that got to do with the world today? All these numbers I'm trying to give you, uh, uh, 12 spies, 10 said no, two, uh, 2 said yes, there are 10 leopards, uh, and one gave thanks to God. Uh, and there's uh, 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 10 people that gave 10 uh, pounds, and, and 3 had something left over. These, uh, these are numbers. So if you take these numbers and you average them out, it averages out about 2 out of every 10 are going to serve God with all they got. With all they got. If so if you got a church that's got a hundred people, you can rest assured about ten people in that church is giving everything they got to God. They're giving all they got to God. If you got a church that's got two hundred people, you can average out about twenty people are doing all the service. They're doing the, the door knocking, they're handing out tracts, they're witnessing, they're doing everything for God. So tonight I want to preach on this thought using these four circumstances, these four stories that we just talked about. And I'm preaching to you and I, especially to the church tonight. The above average church. We've seen the averages, uh, we saw the averages, two out of uh, 12, and, and one out of nine, and three out of 10, and, and the, the disciples, you had three out of 11, you see these, these all averages up. And it becomes an average church. Now that doesn't mean that we have to be an average church. That, that, that doesn't mean that we have to be like all the other churches in the area. That doesn't mean that we have to uh, have a typical Laodicean church, lukewarm, a comfortable church where people come and get comfortable just because other people do it does not mean that we have to be an average church. We don't have to be an average church tonight. I believe it is possible even in the Laodicean church age that we're living in, to have an above average church. And we're going to look at one later on that we can have above average church. I, I don't know about you tonight, but as the pastor of this church, there's something in some part of everybody in this church for every ministry that we have that everybody can get something done. Everybody can give something in this church to be a great church. But the problem is, is everybody's being involved. Everybody is giving. The problem is we get to saying uh, everything's going good. Everything's looking good. The bills are being paid. Uh, we're doing all right. We'll get the attitude that we'll just sit back and coast and go on down a hill for a while. It happens. And if you're not careful, you can become a Laodicean church in this age. Can I say this? I'm not just satisfied what we have been doing. 
I'm not. I'm not satisfied with what we've been. It's been great. But I believe there's a God that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I believe God's saying something He wants us to do, uh, but it depends on us being willing and ready and able to receive what God has laid before us. He, God is looking for those to say, Hey, yes, Lord, uh, we are with you. Uh, yes, Lord, we believe you. Uh, yes, Lord, we want to see you do something in the church in this place. Can I preach? Uh, uh, can I plead? Uh, can I beg? Each and every day. But if I do this, if I preach and beg and plead with you each and every day, at the end of the day, it's going to take you and me together. This is not a one-man show. Amen. It's not a one-man show. The, the church, it, what it means called out assembly. At the end of the day, we're all in this thing together. Amen. If it's going to rise and fall, it's going to be in the unity of the Spirit and the bonds of peace today. That means going forward in one mind and one accord, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I'm telling you, there are a lot of average churches around today that like it that way. They don't want anything above average. They don't want somebody to come and challenge them. They don't want hard preaching. They like the average type preacher today. They, they laid back lukewarm. They lay out of sea in church. They love it for a little while. They love it when they have a revival. You come in, you give it to them, but all of a sudden when the revival goes away, they want to go back in their laid back style. I, I'm not satisfied with that. I'm not. If you're looking for a typical Laodicean church, let me say you right now, sister and brother, this ain't it. You better find you another one. I believe God has got something great. I believe God is wanting us to do something great. And it's going to take each and every one of us. We cannot be an average. It cannot be one or two. It's going to take the entire church pulling together, striving together for the glory of God. This is not going to be a laid back, comfortable church. I'm looking for God to do something. That's bigger than any of us. I, 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 I'm looking for God to do something. And when he does it, he gets all the glory. We don't try to hog the glory from God. I'm not satisfied. I believe that we can be an av above average church. Not two out of ten. I, I'm persuaded better things of you tonight. We're not that type of church. We have people that love God and want to serve God and see God move and God do things and, and become great in God's eyes. And I, I believe we're not an average church. I, I believe in all my heart that we are above average church. I see the things that's going on. I see what's happening. I see people getting involved and want to get involved together with each other. So how can we be an above average church and how to spot, how, how do you spot above average church? 
I, I believe that signs will tell you whether you're above average church or you're just, just run of the norm, run of the mill. First of all, you tell and spot a church that above average, they, they believe together. They believe, believe together. We read it, uh, the reason the children of Israel did not go into the promised land is real simple. It's not hard. They just didn't believe God. Bible said in Hebrews chapter 3, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. The problem is why they stayed subpar, uh, below average for 40 years, wandering around in the desert. They got comfortable and satisfied right where they were at. They, they, were, they refused to believe God. They refused to believe Moses. They, they got out of the wilderness. And they got too comfortable in the wilderness. Being there, they realized if they wanted to go into the promised land, listen, they come back, said they're giant in our eyes and we look like grasshoppers in our eyes. They realized if they're going to go into the promised land, they was going to have to fight for it. They said, no, no. They said, what's the point of fighting? Why should I fight for that? We've got it good out here. God is raining manna in the morning. God is raining manna at night. We're getting water from a rock. Whew, what more do I need? My clothes are lasting for 40 years. My shoes haven't run out. I don't need to repair anything. Why do I want to go into a land? I have to fight and get it. And then I have to toll the land. They didn't believe God. They didn't believe God. Here's a mark of a complacent, a below average church. They start murmuring and complaining. They start murmuring and complaining all the time. The children of Israel, all, all they did, they, they complained as soon as they crossed the Red Sea. You brought us over here to die. At least we had food over there. Listen, you know how to stop, get people to stop complaining and whining and murmuring? Get busy for God. Occupy yourself with God. Get into God's business. Get doing things that ain't God. We don't got time for any skepticism around here. We ain't got no time for critics to come around here. Ain't got time to be murmurs and complainers if we get busy for God. If we get in that one mind and one accord, a church on fire and above average doesn't have time for complaining and murmuring. Bible said one thing that made God so mad at these people was they're constantly murmuring and complaining about what God was doing in their life. God was doing things in their life. Can, can, can you get this in your mind? This is the way I thought. Can you imagine what would have happened if all 12 of those spies came back 
Say, whoo, that's a land of milk and honey. The land flows good. It is a good land. We'll be good over there. So you know what? All of us agree when we walking back, we saw how good it is over there. All of us came to the one accord and one mind and one conclusion. Hey, we're going to go get it. We got this. We got God behind us. I'm not worried about the giants. I'm not worried about what's going on there. God said it's our land and we're going to get it. If all 12 had came back and done that, can you imagine what the children of Israel would have started doing? Woo! Praise God. We've got something to look forward to. We've got a place that we're going. Hey, they said to come back. We're going to the land of milk and honey. we got something to go and get. God said, go get it. But they did not believe Moses. They did not believe Caleb. They did not believe Joshua. And they did not believe God. That's the problem with an average church, a below average church. They just don't believe God. They don't think God can. When God says go, they say, hey, why you mean go? Uh, that ain't what you mean. Uh, I think you mean something else. Can I say what we need in our churches? We need a whole lot of people of God that will believe God together. Together. Believe God will save our young people. Believe God will keep our homes together. Uh, believe God that, that will fill the pews. Uh, uh, we don't need any skeptics and we don't need any complainers. We need some people that will just believe what the book said. This blessed book. Just get a hold of it and believe it. The mark of a good church and the above average church is they believe together. They believe together. Amen? They believe together. Second of all, the second thing, they bless God together. They bless God together. Back in Luke chapter 17, ten lepers were crying out to the Lord, have mercy on us. And when all ten got cleansed, nine of them just ran off, took off, kept getting it. But they didn't even come back and say thank you. They just took off. But one, one, this one fella came running back, the Bible said, and he fell down on his face and gave him glory. And Jesus said, hey, not that, not, wasn't it ten? Where are the other nine? Can you imagine what the world would have been like Oh man, can you imagine if all ten lepers walked away and all of a sudden they start looking at it and say, Hey, Bob, hey, 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 Tom, hey, hey, Sakamalula, uh, look at you. You're all clean. Uh, look at us. We're clean. We're no longer leopards. Uh, uh, let's go back. Uh, let's go back and thank him. Let's go back and give him glory. Can't you imagine the revival that will spread out in that land uh, if they just came together and start worshiping, praising God, and giving God the glory, thanking God for what? he's done thanking for God what he's about to do hey that's what the church needs to do today we just need to start blessing God amen just start blessing God if all ten of them came back you know can I say this I'm glad of I'm a part of a church that's not dead amen 
I'm glad I'm not a part of a church that is dead. You come in and nobody says anything. Nobody says nothing. Everything we do is in the order of God. We're giving God glory and praising God. There isn't something inspiring about seeing a whole bunch of people knowing there were lepers and, and unclean and on the way hell uh, ungodly without God. Uh, there's something inspiring about seeing those paid people just stand and raise their hand and give God the glory. Thank you, Lord. Uh, you have mercy on me. You made me clean. Uh, I was dead. Uh, you brought me back to life. Ain't that something? When people start doing that, it breaks out into revival. Amen. Thank God we're not a dead church. We give God the glory. But I'm just telling you, there are churches that would like to be lively enough, but they just don't want it. They just don't want it. They want to contribute, they, they want to contribute but they don't want to get excited about it. They don't want to get excited. We have churches like that today. They just don't want anything about it. Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. <laughs> he said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Hey, we need to do this together. It's not a one-man show. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt him. Let us exalt his name together. That means that we come together and we're giving God the praise. We're thanking God for what He's done. Let me just say this. I'm quite sure if each and every one of us looked in our life, uh, then we ought to just stand and say, Thank you, Lord. I was on my way to hell. I was heading that dark place. Uh, but you came by. You saved me. You cleaned me up. I just want to stand and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. You know, you know what? Uh, let, let me say this. He says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. You, you can take something and set it on here and take a magnifying glass and you look at it, it looks big. It looks big, but it hasn't changed it. You know what it changed? Your perspective of it. Whew. Can I say this? God is big. We don't have to tell him he's big. God is God. We don't have to tell him he's God. But if we start lifting him up and blessing him, uh, he gets the better. It makes it feel good. And it's almost like God gets right down in your face uh, when you start praising God and lifting him up. Magnify the Lord with me. That's what he's telling us. You want to magnify that Lord. Lift him up. Bless him, Lord. Ten got cleansed and only one came back. Only one came back. They believed God together. They blessed God together. They built a work for God together. In Luke chapter 19, we just read that. Luke chapter 19. That is the servants. It is a picture of the church. It is a picture of Jesus giving gifts to the church. Bible said where he ascended up on high, he led captive captives and gave gifts unto men. 
The Bible said that his gift was like this, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some preachers, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting the saints and the edifying of the body of Christ. That's what happened. He gives them these pounds, these gifts, and he said, occupy till I come. And when he shows back up, this one fellow didn't have anything with his stuff. He, he had the ten, that one pound. And verse 20 said, And he came, another and came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept in a napkin. Now that's interesting. Napkin is mentioned three times in the Bible, one of them being here in Luke 19. Do you know where the other two are mentioned at? Napkin is mentioned when the Jesus Christ had pulled him off the cross and put him in a tomb. They laid a napkin over his face. The other time when Lazarus and they took him to the tomb and to bury him there, they laid a napkin on his face. So that tells me a napkin is something that holds something that is dead. So what this servant was saying, Lord, here's that pound you gave me. I got it covered up in a napkin. I'm giving you what you gave me. Now I'm giving you back something that is dead. Amen. He gave him something back that's dead. It's, it's covered up in his napkin. God has put and entrusted in your life to be a blessing to somebody else here. He wrapped up what he gave him in grave clothes and let it die. There are a lot of Christians and churches across this nation that have let what God has given them, what God has blessed them with, they've let it die. They're not using it. They covered in a napkin the grave clothes and they said, die. Verse 21, it said, for I fear thee because thou art an oster. He's a hard man. Thou takest up, thou laidest not down and reapest and thou shalt not sow. And he said unto him, out of thy own mouth will I judge thee. Thou wicked servant, thou knewest that I was a hard man. Taking up that I have gave you, laid down. You haven't reaped nothing. You haven't got anything for it. You didn't sow anything. Here's what I'm talking about. They build a work for God together. Therefore, he, he gave us not thy own money. Into the bank. That thou coming I might have. Require my own. With usury. Now, I like that word usury. Usury is where you pay somebody else. To use their money. This is their money. He's, paying, he's using their money to make money. He said I gave you a pound. You should have put it in a bank. Done something with it. Then I'd have got something out of it 
when I came back. God is saying the same thing to you and I. God has placed something in you and I. He says, I, I'm placing my, my gifts inside of you and I'm expecting a return when I come back. Uh, uh, what are you doing with it? Are you letting what God's given you or are you letting the gifts that God give you just die and wrapped up in grave clothes? No. Thank God we're not a dead church. We're not wrapped in grave clothes. In this context, he's talking about a church. He's not talking about money. He's talking about gifts. Perfecting the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We start using the gift that God has given us. And God has blessed us with. The only way that we can be above average church if we all do it together. It has to be an all together or none. This has to be all back in the ministries in the church. What's happening in the church? What's going on in the church? Standing behind the church, standing with the church and using your gifts and your talents and help the church. We've got to do it together. I want to be a, a above, above average church. Amen. I'm not just satisfied with what's going on here. They believe God together. They bless God together. They built the work for God together. And they were standing for the courts. They were hurting. They were being charged. But the Bible says the church beseech God. He beseeched God, asking God for the glory. And it says, verse 23, being let go, they went to their own company and reported all the chiefs and priests and elders and said unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth the sea and all things that in it. They're beseeching God together. They come together. They're looking for God to do something great. They want God to, it's not at one time you can't think, you can't, and you know what? They, they prayed. They prayed for them. It's not like we all have to come to the altar and pray. We, we all can beseech God anywhere but we all need to be seeking God and praying for God looking for God and asking God to help us Lord I, I come before you Lord I, I got something in my life maybe a brother over here has got something he's going through we need to beseech God maybe a sister's got something over here that she's facing in her life some trials or turmoil in her life and we start beseeching God Lord we asking you we're praying that you come down for her God answers their prayers. God shows them their prayers. I, I love a church that prays together. Amen. I, I love a church that prays together. And now the Lord behold their threatenings and granted unto thy servants that thou, with all boldness they may speak thy word. Seeking God, praying for God, beseeching God. I like to be part of a church that beseeches the Lord. Amen. I like to be a church that we call on the Lord for everything. You know, I, I like it sometimes when stuff goes on in church. It's not by accident. It's because somebody's been praying 
before they got here? It, they beseech God before they got here the things that happen when God moves and I, I, I want to see God move I, I want to see God do great things uh, but you're going to have to start beseeching God you're going to have to start praying to God I, I want to see the spirit of God fall I, I want to see the movement of God in church but you've got to start praying unto God asking God let the fire fall down amen I, I, hey, and Isaiah it talked about uh, uh, the fire fell from the heaven and the Lord was in it. Now, I think at chapter 18. The very next chapter over in verse, chapter 19, he said he wasn't in the fire, but a still, small voice. Listen, I don't care... How he moves, just as long as he moves. He can be in a fire that falls down, or, or he can be in a still, small voice. Listen, I want God to move in the church. I want to see God do great things in the church. I, I pray that we are not a average church but we are above average church that we get together we pray together we believe together we beseech God together and we're doing a work for God together it's not a one man show for this thing amen it's all about God together I believe that we can beseech God together I believe that we can pray together I believe that's what we need to be at home praying to God and asking God thanking God for all that he's done. Above average church. I don't want to be an average church. I don't want to be a part of an average church. I don't want to be a part of a laid back, comfortable church. That's what you're looking for? Tell me. I'll be gone. I'll be gone. Above average church tonight. Amen. You want to